0: Ah, yes. Some of you can relate to the nature of that conversation there. Maybe not quite as extreme, but maybe just that extreme. I don't know. Uh, well, welcome to Fieldstone. My name is Justin. If we haven't met, I'm the lead pastor here at Fieldstone. and um, I am joined up here with by Blue and Susie Livingston. We'll get to them in a second. But just so you guys know what's going on today, every once in a while we like to do this thing called a Roots interview. And it's called that because of our our mission here at Fieldstone is to transform family trees with the gospel. And so every once in a while, uh, we like to get another person or a couple up here and just give them a chance to share a little bit of their story and kind of get below the surface. Because you might see them in the lobby or in the uh, around on a Sunday morning and just kind of get the basics or the surfacey stuff. Um, and so we get them up here, and it's, there's kind of a twofold reason. One is, as I said, to get to know them a little bit better from you know another couple around Fieldstone, but also to th- to take something from their story, from their experiences, and find a way to apply it to our own lives. And, and maybe we all walk out of here a little bit stronger because of their willingness to be transparent and be, and be open with uh, some of the things that God's been doing in their lives over the years. So um, now that I've made that sound really spiritual, <laughs> let's have some fun, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> so Blue and Susie Livingston. And just, you know, Susie, uh, she walks around with a microphone just on the chance that we might let her talk into it. Blue, we are cashing in all our chips to get blue up here. So uh, we're uh, really thankful that they have chosen to, to join me up here today. Um, so let's just kind of start, give them a, a quick background on who in the world you guys are. So first, um, how'd you end up at Fieldstone? Um, uh, where do you guys serve around here? Where, where can we expect to see your faces most so of the time? So we
1: ended up at Fieldstone because our daughter said, I don't know where you guys are going to church, but I'm going with Justin. Boom. So... We went with Josie, and it was a good... Part of
2: our original launch team. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, It was a very good decision. This is definitely... really thought that was going
2: to be an all-week thing, but... (laughs) 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 Yeah.
1: Um, Definitely a good decision. We um, have been part of churches for a long time, but this is home, and this is family. Hmm. And um, I head up the coffee team, which is the second-best team at the church because prayer team has to be yeah, first. Prayer, so
0: yeah, prayer has got to be number one no matter
1: what. Yeah, so, that's good. But Kim's on prayer team and coffee team, so, you know. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, I'm on worship team as well Yeah. because I get to have a microphone. Perfect. They can mute me.
0: And we do sometimes. Go ahead, Blue.
2: <laughs> do I get that button at home?
1: No. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was like a softball just uh, sitting there. <laughs>
2: Oh, I love you, wife. You're you awesome. You know you can't All right, give me a no, second to I think cannot. of a good Bible verse to Only say to her. You didn't say that in the first service. That's dangerous.
0: Yeah. So, Probably because we wouldn't have a second service right. if you had said that in the first one. All
2: right, Blue, where do you serve all around right. here? Well, dinner's going to be a little different today. Yeah.
1: Uh, no, comedy is definitely a part of our marriage. Right. Like, that was funny. Okay. I get it.
0: Whew. Thank goodness.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Got to laugh. Yeah. So anyhow, I serve on the Beacon Board here. Justin, thank you for inviting me to that. I appreciate it. That's a great time. I serve out in the parking lot normally for you second service folks. I usually do it before the first service. I'm not really lying to you. I am out there before the first service. But, uh, Rain, so I do hail, that sleet, or snow, blue is out there. It's yeah, pretty awesome. me and the postal carrier. And yeah. uh, so we also have a couple I uh, facilitate some small groups as well. We have one coming up that we're going to start with some uh, it's going to be a men's group. Anybody wants to jog with us? Uh, we're working on the time of the day, but it's going to be no experience necessary. Come on out. We'll jog around the neighborhoods and either Milan, Ann Arbor, Celine. We don't care. We'll go to different places and uh, also study the Bible as well. You know, have some um, some time of prayer and things like that. And also, I'll throw out our kayaking trip we have here in a couple weeks coming up. So. If you have any questions about that let me know I'll try to answer them for you but um, yeah
0: yeah you know. we've had a we've had guys nights we've had ladies nights this is a couples event kind of couples of all shapes and sizes and experience levels kayaking on September 11th right here in Ann Arbor so um, that's coming up um, tell us about your family how did you guys meet when did you meet what, what kind of kids you, you look at we do have a er, some early years picture here of Blue and Susie yeah
1: this was prom maybe there it is there you go you know. nice my dad asked me if I was going to wear a turtleneck with that dress
0: <laughs> I said no <laughs> nice so how, so when, where'd you guys meet obviously young so, since you went to prom together yeah
1: but. my I always say that my brother was my best friend until he introduced me to blue blue and my brother worked at Camp Barcal together up north they were counselors hmm. together so when he came home to visit my brother I thought oh who's that and I chased him for a while and he said I'd get over it but (laughs) thankfully for you know to him I did not so
2: okay and our kids we have a couple kids as well they're both growing and Josiah is a senior at Wheaton College and he just started last week with that senior year and Josie is married to a young man named Brian they live in Fairfax Virginia. So adult kids at this point, and as I mentioned in the first service, we do have one grand dog that uh, we're very happy to have. You should have a picture of that guy. That's good enough for now,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. We don't want any special announcements here today. Um, And and just uh, what's your basic kind of faith story? How, How did you both come to Christ? Was it? You know, five years old at VBS, or a little older, or what was your experience?
1: I got my fire insurance when I was five because I heard a sermon on hell. Decided I didn't want anything to do with that.
2: Scared the hell out of you. Yes, it did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's not uh, swearing when you're talking. No, about hell. it's a place. Yeah. It's a place, <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: It has a zip code as well. Did that's you know right, that?
1: That's right. <laughs> it's in Michigan. Yeah, that's right. Um, but. Then at Camp Barakal, actually, when I was 13, just walking back from chapel at night, they have everyone just walk quietly, and the Holy Spirit was definitely just pushing me, saying, but am I actually Lord of your life? And, you know, between being five years old and 13, there's a lot that goes on. And so at 13 is really where I feel like I gave my life to Christ. So. Awesome
2: and i was uh, eight my brother came home from college and i'll shorten this up a little bit from the first service but uh he presented the gospel to me and just he basically explained that this is the biggest decision you'll make in your life is whether you want jesus in your heart or not and so of course my brother telling me that it was a pretty easy decision but um it definitely changed some things and how i looked at him you know right away but then at barrakel as susie mentioned i went there for the summer and worked, and it was just an outstanding experience. And I learned a lot about, you know, the, the relationship side of, have, you know, accepting Jesus and what that means and, and just allowing God to take everything that you have and, and um, working through you. Nice.
0: Okay, so uh, what I'm hearing and what I know of you guys, and if you guys know Blue and Susie or if you get a chance to get to know them over the years, um, you've been married a super long time. Super long. Uh, you both faithfully love and serve Jesus. You've got two great kids who are following Jesus even into their adult years, which can be a, a huge challenge and a, and a prayer for a lot of people as they're raising their kids. And you guys have an amazing circle of friends. You guys are connected in this community between school stuff and, and all, all the things that you guys are involved in. So all of those things, amazing that you've been following Jesus your whole lives and you're in marriage counseling. Sorry, had to, had to spill the beans for you. So this isn't you were in counseling, you are in counseling. So this isn't, this isn't one of those stories of, hey, we, we were a mess and now we're, we got it all figured out. This, this is kind of you're in the midst of it. Now, now you've come a long way, right? Now, we wouldn't throw you up here just so you could fight in front of everyone. Um,
2: but Be good for ratings, though, maybe. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. We would have our first viral video here at Fieldstone. Um but I, I want to dive into that, that's that's why I asked you guys to kind of share your story this morning, um, and as we talked a couple weeks ago, we kind of discovered that your marriage has been broken up into two or three different eras, or, or seasons that you guys have experienced. So I want to talk about the first one, first seven years, um, plus I guess three or four years of dating before that, so maybe a good decade of your your relationship before kids came along. Talk about that season a little bit.
1: It was just fun. We went to college for a while and worked. But then, you know, basically our time was our own. So we could do what we wanted to do. We had dogs and a cat. That was a bad decision. And um, the dogs were great. And so it was like seven years of just being able to live, get to know each other, go to hockey games and movies and other events. Um, And it was just really about us. And I, I enjoyed... I think it takes a long time to get to know somebody. Um, I enjoyed that. And
2: we started camping, at the, mm-hmm. you know, during that time and spent a lot of time uh, just going places. It was, it was just a spur of the moment, hey, let's go do this, and, and uh, we'd go. And so that was a lot of fun for us, yeah. and we learned yeah. a lot about Almost each like, other.
0: Almost like genuine best friends kind of thing.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, that's cool. So then, and those of
0: you with kids know,
1: When the kids come along,
0: the music shifts, right? Dun, dun, dun. It gets Mm -hmm. really serious. So how did things start to change for you guys as the kids came along and got more busy? And and along with that, what, what kind of tensions did you see start to show up in those years?
1: I think for me, because we didn't have kids for so long, that when we had our kids... I was all in. Mm -hmm. Like, it was 24-7, and I was good with that. Um, I was a nursing mom, so you kind of have to be there for that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then converted into a homeschool mom, so they were with me all the time. And in the beginning, Blue was also working a lot of hours, so I was kind of a single mom. Um, But the kids were just everything I did. I didn't really go anywhere without them, and I liked it.
0: Sure, yeah.
2: When I'd get home from work, it was kind of like, hey, you know, uh, what's going on? What's new? Uh, not now. I got kids to take care of. And I was like, oh, hey, remember this guy? Uh, <laughs> your best friend. <laughs> your over best here. friend, exactly. <laughs> hey, come on. Uh, let's go uh, maybe on a date or uh, what? No, yeah. not. We don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, uh, but again, Susie said that, you know, I, I was working a ton, and that's that's true. And so when I would get home, I'm like, okay, I'm home. let's have all these conversations and and different things and and you know Susie was still running around chasing the kids and you know getting meals ready and and so it was like you know it it was just like we were on two different pages at that Mm -hmm. point it was like she's like okay gotta chip these tasks away and i'm like okay tasks are done well in my book i was home from work so my tasks were kind of done and it was time Mm -hmm. to play and you know, here I am sometimes coming home from work at 7, 8 o'clock. You know, I want to rub the kids back up like, hey, let's go. <laughs> Susie's like, easy, Tiger. Uh, they need to go to bed. Yeah. So. so would you say that
0: some of that lack, because a lot of family time, okay. right? You guys did the vacations together and things like that, things that were a lot of fun. And yeah. um, would you say that maybe, Blue, you felt the frustration of that more than Susie did? Because you were... You, like, really dove headfirst into the, you know, kids kind of 24-7, driving them there, doing this, the school thing.
1: Um, I just felt the tension from Blue. Okay. You know, I started to feel, and I didn't understand because I thought, am I supposed to just neglect the six-month-old? You know, like, Mm -hmm. what do you do? He wants one thing. I can't really do that. And I'm really just not even interested in like figuring that out. I had a full-time job, you know, 24 hours a day. So I felt the tension from him, but I didn't really see a solution.
0: Yeah. Well, and I remember from talking with you guys a couple weeks ago, it seems like even though some of those things were kind of starting to exist and grow, it wasn't like everything fell apart, right? Because you had this amazing foundation from Mm -hmm. those first seven or so years where you were best friends. You did have a chance to get to know each other and and so almost, almost kind of living off of that foundation that you had built. Um, and le- as the kids got it.
1: older, Blue loves to play. Yeah. And so that was really good for the dynamic where we would all go do something. As Josiah entered sports, Blue was the coach. So we would all go to the sporting mm-hmm. events, even weekend trips. Like, those were our vacations, you know. Yeah. So it was just all together.
0: Yeah. So then in the last four or five years, the kids kind of got to their older high school years, leaving for college, even getting married in the last year for for Josie. How did things start to shift in the last four or five years in you guys' relationship?
2: I think the more we, like Josiah and I would do a ton of stuff together, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and Susie and Josie would go to the barn and hang out with the horses, and it was a lot of our time was just divided, and, uh, you know, it was really easy to go with Josiah and do the baseball stuff or hockey stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so it was like we'd, you know, get home, we'd go our separate ways, maybe have dinner together, you know, and it got to the point too, maybe we'd have dinner together, maybe we wouldn't, you know, it wasn't a big deal. We'd pick up McDonald's on the way mm-hmm. or whatever and get home and like, hey, good night, we'll see you. And I was kind of like, hey, we should, you know, at first when the kids were younger, let's let's get a babysitter or something. Let's go do something. She's so like, yeah, that's a crazy idea. <laughs> Let, let's not, uh, and I didn't really, you know, it wasn't like I didn't think of her like just wanting to make sure the kids were okay. Mm-hmm. It was a negative thought on my part of, oh wait, you know, you don't want to go out with me. You don't want to spend time mm-hmm. with me. So it was again, taking the negative side of, of that. Sure. And then as I got older, it just, again as we're not talking to each other when you don't communicate as everybody knows it just your problems just get in my eyes a little bit greater yeah so, so how,
0: how did those interactions start to change then a little bit more tension and mm-hmm. kind of some of that happy foundation being replaced by what had been fostered over the the kids growing up
2: and when you talk about the foundation we talked about a lot of things and how we wanted to, you know raise our family and yeah. have a family and like susie staying at home we were both on board with that but you know as far as like the being together and going to do stuff we never really i guess touched on that one so mm. um but our conversations became more of you know who's going to win this argument or susie would say something i would think she was just questioning me and my abilities hmm. and where she would want more information, you know, I would make a snap, you know, decision on something. She would ask me a question. I'd say, yeah, let's do that. And she's like, wait, hold on. You know, that five seconds you gave, t- you know, to that topic t- probably <laughs> it didn't answer all the questions yeah. that I would think you would want to answer. So. Yeah.
1: Well, and it was a few years ago that I started realizing the thoughts in my head were probably not great. And realized i had some anxiety it wasn't anxiety like i was worried about everything but it was anxiety like i had to check boxes i had to so the example is when i would ask blue a question his opinion about something or just thoughts on something he's not quite as verbal as i am shocking Hmm. and he would give me a really quick answer And immediately my head would be like, what? That's impossible. You couldn't have thought about this. You couldn't have thought about from that direction. And did you know that these people said that? And what about like two years ago? My head was just Hmm. full of all that. And so as soon as I would ask those questions, he thought I didn't trust him or I was questioning his judgment. But in my head, it was just impossible for him to have a complete thought that quickly and then give me a valid opinion. So I couldn't trust it. And that was really hard. Just our communication was completely off. And so I did get medicated, which helped, because then I could kind of see the other side of just being able to back off and not worry about every single detail of things. And that was a little refreshing for our marriage.
0: And I think that in itself is an important point, because I think sometimes there's this this stigma that Christians don't experience depression or yeah. Christians don't yeah. experience anxiety to levels where maybe, you know, medication can can be a part of the, and the solution. I
1: still struggle with that because I wholly believe that God can heal. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I know he can. Um, he chooses not to heal that part of me. And we did an experiment where I went off my medication <laughs> And now I'm back on. And, uh, <laughs> and, of course, when Blue said, maybe you should take your medication, I was like, oh, I'm sure it's easier to be married to a medicated wife. You know what I mean? Like, you have those thoughts, you know? And, sure, sure. But, I did make
2: that comment from several hundred feet away.
1: Yeah, he's gotten smarter. Yeah. Um, but just, just owning that and still being okay with who God made me to be hmm. and understanding when you need help with something, you need help with something. Yeah. And when I can see it very clearly in my head, I think, oh, well, that's probably something. Yeah. So, it, and it's not, it's not broken that God can't use. Yeah. So yeah. now no, I good. kind of use my medication as something to say, like, there are times you need things. Sure. And Of course, when, in our house, the joke is, if they're doing something that looks like my stuff is going to get broken, because that's what usually happens, I say, you guys are exceeding the limits of my medication. There you go. And then they know that that's got to come down a notch.
0: Yeah. So as you're starting to figure some of these things out, that that tension is still there. And one one of the things you guys mentioned when we met uh, a few weeks ago is that, you kind of got to the point where there was almost no communication at all, because Blue's saying, "Hey, if we're if we're just gonna fight, I'd rather just not have the conversation. So I'm gonna avoid it." And Susie's going, "Hey, if, if he's not gonna ask, then I'm not gonna talk. I'm not sure I trust his opinion anyway, because he always answers too fast." Yeah. So you just kind of both started to shut down in your own way. So then, for you guys, what kind of became the turning point for you? Because the tension was building, the communication was was suffering. You know, your relationship was obviously being impacted. Um, so what what kind of became the turning point for you? In, in?
1: For me, it was when I was thinking about Josie leaving the house. Hmm. Because, like Blue said, we kind of divided and did stuff. Josie and I were definitely very connected. We just had the same interest. And so when I thought about her not being at home, then I was like, oh, well, hmm. I didn't know how that was going to go. And... I thought, if we don't learn to communicate, it means we live like this forever, Hmm. and I wasn't okay with that, because he's still my best friend, even if we weren't talking.
2: And coexisting didn't seem like a great idea. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're in the same house, but, you know, we're not going to have conversations. We're not going to, how is this going to, you know, that is not okay. You know, God didn't design marriage for this. And
0: And a couple of things that you guys had said before, too, is one, you said divorce was not an option. So that was something you had decided long ago and in many ways maybe kept you together long enough to get some help and figure it out. Um, But the other thing, Susie, one thing that you said was neither of us want to fight, and we know we're not getting divorced, so we're either just going to coexist or we're actually going to be married. And that's a, I think that's that's really powerful. So you connected with a marriage counselor, mm-hmm. and still moments, right? Yeah. Not not perfect, but you know, no marriage is perfect. But you're doing good now. Yeah. Um, have taken some some important steps in your relationship. So, as as we were talking, just three questions just kind of kept rolling around in my brain that I think um, your answers will hopefully help some people out here. Whether you're experiencing This kind of tension, or a different kind of tension, or going through a transition as a couple, or anticipate getting married and walking through these different seasons of life together, Um, some questions I'd love you guys to answer. First one, how did you know, "Uh uh-oh, we've got a problem, we're not good? What, What was that for each of you?
1: For me, it was just shutting down. I mean, I had completely given up on saying, hey, if this could be better, or this really bothers me, or I'd like to do it this way, I just shut down because it wasn't worth if he would defend himself or if I did something wrong. You know, I just wanted to express the feelings I had, and it just was hitting a wall.
0: And if you know Susie, if Susie stops talking, something is horribly wrong.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have thought he'd have picked up on that. Yeah. But, you know...
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: he was probably like sweet.
0: <laughs> I won! I did it.
1: <laughs>
0: How about you, Blue? What what was the moment for you or what was the what was the trigger for you to realize okay, we've we're not good?
2: Uh, again, the not talking pieces mm-hmm. and it was just not not only you're not talking, but you're not laughing together, mm-hmm. you're not having fun, you're not doing anything together. Yeah. And when we did do something together, it was kinda like, Yeah, okay, you know. And and so that was like okay what are we gonna do, you know are we gonna get someone to maybe, yeah. you know mediate for us so we're gonna and, and so that was like yeah and, yeah I mean again just the lack of communication leads to a lot of things that, yeah uh, and
0: I think that's an important thing as I just listen to your answers now, you started missing the things that were the best parts of your relationship before right your ability to just talk and be honest and, and share yourself with him and the fun between you. Like seems like all right, when when the two or three really obvious things are missing, maybe we need to pay attention to what's going on. So then, on the flip side, you got some help. You started meeting with a counselor, having, starting to get some some neutral observations and wisdom there. How, what kind of signal to you? okay, we've I think we've turned a corner. We're getting you know blue from your your background. we're We're out of the hitting slump, or we're close to being out of the hit, like we've we've turned a corner in this relationship and we're headed back in the right direction what was that key for you
2: it was like i mean you talk about the kind of the baseball analogy pieces that you hear announcers talking about seeing the ball better or you know they're getting better swings at the plate whatever the case may be uh but it's one of those things to where we were able to have a conversation without seeing who's going to win this Mm -hmm. and and it wasn't a conversation it was almost like a debate it was like okay who's going to win yeah you know you bring up a Uh, Susie would bring something up to me, or i bring something up with her, and as I mentioned earlier, that, you know, a couple years ago when you talked about, you know, trying to get to a solution versus Mm -hmm. who's going to win, you know, and uh, that was was pretty big for us, and again, being able to vent that to somebody that is going to give us both, Mm -hmm. you know, did you see it from her perspective, or did you see it from his perspective, kind of. Kind of situation. That was just really helpful with that. So there
0: was some peace back in your conversations again. Yes.
2: Yeah. There were
1: still times, like even in the beginning of counseling, where I still wouldn't say things at home when we weren't with her, you know, because there was a, having a middle person to hear all of it was so beneficial, and it gave me a safety in being able to just Mm. say what I needed to say. Yeah. Because it wasn't going to get a rebuttal. It was, then I could think, okay, that's heard. Yeah, and so until that worked itself out, there were still things that we I just said at counseling, but then it was it was a big learning curve just learning how we communicate.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Um, so uh, I had asked you guys at one point, you know, is there anything that you would change? Because hearing your story, I was sitting, when we were sent the owl, I'm like, oh yeah, they they would have done kids different, right? Or they would have done school different because of all this. But when I ask you, you, you don't regret the homeschooling. Yeah. You don't regret the kids on the vacations. Because Kathy and I are very different. <laughs> like I would say, man, find yourself a one-on-one vacation, get away. But families are different. Couples are different. Uh-huh. You guys chose to do the family thing for everything. So you said, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't school different. We wouldn't have done that different. So, so the question for you guys then I think uh, that I'd... What I had asked you guys was, if you could go back to that kid phase, Um, since you don't regret the philosophies, what would you have changed if you could go back? And you gave me three answers, and I'd love for you guys just to, you don't have to speak into all of them, but but just kind of expand on on one or two. You said, fight for conversation. You would have done a better job of of not giving up the conversation, the communication, maybe even scheduling time to talk if you need to. Um, So fight for conversation compromise, and get support sooner rather than later. So fight for conversation, compromise, and get support. Expand on one or two of those, Blue.
2: Well, I think um, not changing them. We wouldn't change them, but Mm -hmm. we would make them better. Mm. You know, there's definitely ways to make them better on how we did things. And so, one of those is trying to find that middle person, that counselor. And as soon as we saw it, if we would have started asking for help at that point, and we could have thrown stuff out there, and we could have avoided a lot of quietness, a lot mm. of awkwardness, a lot of uh, attention. attention, exactly irritation with each other, uh, all those negative mm. things that go along with that stuff. And so, it would have been easier to. To fight for that conversation, for that time of okay, when are we gonna do this? How are we gonna do it? And even if it was you know 15, 20 minutes when you know we finally get the kids to sleep, instead it was like yeah, good night, good night, Mm. you you know. So again, if we to thinking back, yeah, we could still do all those things with our kids and have them included in everything, but at the same time, what are you gonna do to you know make that conversation possible? And I think uh, with our differences that we have, and and now we've learned a lot about. Where our differences come from, but Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, here you go. You know, here's a person you can sound, you know, be a sounding board for both of you, and they can help you Mm -hmm. kind of mediate through that. I think
1: when your kids are young, it's really easy, especially for the mom, to get into survival mode. And so when things started to go south, even though I knew, I was still just surviving and working and getting everything done. And, um, so if if something could have been reached then to flip it, mm-hmm. it might have been good, but I couldn't see it. You know, I just knew that something was wrong, and I yeah. couldn't fix it. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. And and uh, I think that the passage that comes to mind as I hear you guys' story, because I, I hear your mindset, right? Divorce is not an option. We're just not going to go there. And And you had to make a decision we're either going to coexist or actually be married and you made a commitment we're just, just got to make some steady improvement right we got to get out of this hitting slump it's not going to be perfect but and so i think of hebrews 12 hebrews 12:11 12, through 13 and it says this it says no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful later on however it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it therefore strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. So just so you guys know, if wherever you're at in relationship or if you anticipate relationships, some of you have been there and done that, um, the tensions that these guys have experienced are not uncommon. right? Things come up. It's, it's, it's not always easy to be married, but the growth that they're experiencing is uncommon. And the reason for that is, The steps required to experience that growth are not fun. They are not easy, right? It requires steps of humility. It requires some awkward conversations, potentially with a neutral observer, right? It requires being honest and it requires hearing honest things said back to you. It requires a level of discipline that says, You're not rid of me, so let's figure this out one way or another. Getting stronger is hard, but getting stronger is possible. Healing is hard. But healing is possible. And as you interact with enough couples over the years, you find out that in many ways, those who have faced some of those tensions, maybe even stood on the precipice of an end and battled through it, found a way to get through it, came out stronger on the other side than they ever were and ever were before. Um, And so I just want to encourage you guys when it comes to this kind of thing, if you find yourself in that situation, be willing to have a humble, honest conversation and receive what you're hearing with a sober humility uh, because those conversations are important. And if you want help, uh, Joe mentioned the connection cards that we have at the Info Center table. Let us know if you'd like help with that conversation. When it comes to, you know, these guys are seeing a professional, which is very important. When it comes to pastors and, and people within the church, we, we like to call it triage counseling. You think about a battlefield situation. Somebody has a major wound. You're not going to fix that on the battlefield, but you can get it a little bit stabilized to the point where the next conversation can happen. And so I'd love love to, to chat with you. If you need help with that type of a conversation, fill out a connection card. You can email me, justin at fieldstonechurch.org. Um, let's talk. Um, and I know these guys, You know, if you need it, I'll, I'll get you connected with these guys or other couples within the church who have had these types of experiences and can provide a lot of wisdom and encouragement no matter where you're at um, in your life and in your in your marriage. So
1: We should talk about the book, too, because it was oh, very yes. helpful.
0: Uh, there was a book. What's the name of it, Susie?
1: How We Love. I
0: think we've got a picture of it. Yeah. You our guys counselor check that had out. us
1: read this book, and it was pretty enlightening just about our families, how we grew up, and how we speak love. You know, Not necessarily five love languages, mm-hmm. but just... It gave real-life situations of couples and how they talk to each other. And I think that was very eye-opening.
2: There's also a workbook that goes along with it that has a lot of great questions that can lead into great mm-hmm. discussions. And yeah. And, again, it's one of those things when you ask, you read the question, you have to be quiet for a minute and just listen yeah. to the other person yeah. answer it. And you it's know?
1: hard. Like, that's the part where the humility comes in. Yeah doing a workbook together i'd be like oh no i got I was gonna this. say blue doesn't strike uh. me as a
0: workbook kind of a guy you'll do things that you know, <laughs> that are helpful. yeah drastic measures right and we're no. still
1: not done well i don't know if i ever finished the workbook but i mean like done <gasps> with. oh yeah what? oh my goodness but it's just like we know that we're not done with working it yeah. out and that's okay i don't think we're ever done with everything but now there's hope yeah. And we can talk to each other. And when it gets tense, I think a couple weeks ago I said, "I think we need an appointment with Kelly." <laughs> you know, and that's yeah.
0: enough to yeah. be like, oh. "Totally, totally." Well, cool. Um, well, we're gonna wrap things up. Um, can we thank Blue and Susie for uh, sharing their story with us today? We're gonna we're gonna be doing more of these root type interviews as in the months and years to come. We we got away from it for from a little while, and I think it it uh, it's an important thing for our church to have together. Don't forget, we are in the midst of small group sign-up season, so if you're interested, the high-top tables at the back have the different options in the different categories, and you can go to fieldstonechurch.org slash get small as well. Let me pray for us, and then we'll get out of here. Father, we thank you for a great day. Thanks for Blue and Susie and their whole family and everything that they've meant to this church, to me and my family, and just um, the courage that they've had to share their story and, and even some of the raw details with us today. God, I pray that for all of us who are walking through marriage and family and even anticipating that or or stepping into others' lives as mentors who are walking those roads. God, uh, just give us the wisdom we need. Um, humble us. Help us to see the other person through your eyes and uh, pursue the relationships uh, in a way that you've designed us to experience them. God, we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.